Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 23. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajalul hazna idha shi'a sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya rabbil kareem. Right, then, ladies and gentlemen, Bismillah, Bismillah. Okay, so, where are we? I think we're, yeah, we finished the section, isn't it? Yep, Jazakumullah Khaira, wa Jazahullah Khaira, Widad, for giving me the exact information when I needed it. Yeah, we're going to deal with the chapter of the disliked matters, the uh, isn't it? So the uh, Arabic of that, let's go through the Arabic of that, inshallah. Uh, this is page three, isn't it? Page three? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so in the Arabic, the translation would be I don't have the Arabic text in front of me, but I can read it from the commentary, no problem. ورفع ثوبه قبل دنوه من الأرض وكلامه في وبوله في شق ونحوه ومس فرجه بيمينه واستنجاؤه واستجماره بها واستقبال النيرين this is the chapter of the Makro matters. Okay? So, in the English, the translation would then, I've rendered it into the English as, page 3, the following are disliked. Number 1, uh, entering with anything containing the mention of Allah, Most High. Number 2, raising the garment before nearing the ground. Number 3, speaking whilst in the toilet. Number four, urinating in a hole or the like. Number five, touching the private parts, the genitals with the right hand. Number six, using the right hand when removing filth, whether using stones or water. And number seven, facing the sun or the moon. All right? So that is the next kind of subsection almost, the uh, hated matters, the disliked matters, the offensive matters. Obviously, we've got all these different kind of words we use for that. But, I mean, that's what we're talking about anyway. All right. So, last week we did, obviously, the recommended matters. Now, the exact opposite, the disliked matters. So, let's just jump straight in into that. And then, have a little bit of a chit-chat later on as well, inshallah. Um, so, he starts off with, And it is disliked that he goes in, um, or, or, or if I was to translate it literally, it is disliked, the entering in with something that has the dhikr of Allah, the Most High. The first thing we need to understand in the Arabic, dukhuluhu, there's a damir, a pronoun, the who, his, it will either mean his, the person who needs to go to the toilet, or dukhuluhu, meaning the place that you're going into. The Arabic could suggest both of them. Either it's hated to go into the place with the dhikr of Allah, or it could be translated as, it is hated for the person to go in with the dhikr of Allah. Alright? 
In actual fact, the correct opinion, the correct uh, 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 translation and understanding is that it's him, the person. Okay? يَعُودُ إِلَىٰ قَادِيَ الْحَاجَةِ The Damir, the Damir, يَعُودُ إِلَىٰ قَادِيَ الْحَاجَةِ To the person who is dealing with his need. Okay? Now, the next thing is that dhikr of Allah. Obviously, we've translated it in the correct way. The translation says, with the... Containing mention of Allah. Alright? Dhikr, of course, you know what dhikr is. Subhanallah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. That's dhikr. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. Ayatul kursi in its right places is dhikr. To do the sunnah in terms of actions, not just statements, but certain actions at certain times, so that you're always being conscious of Allah through your practice of the sunnah, is also a very broad understanding of dhikr. So dhikr is a huge concept and a huge word. And that, of course, is not what is being men- uh, is uh, uh, intended here. The point, I, the reason I explained that is that it's not dhikr in its general sense. This is dhikr in its linguistic sense. So dhikr in the linguistic sense, meaning the mentioning of. Okay, the mentioning of. So this is the mentioning of Allah. Basically, anything that mentions Allah in some kind of way. And why is that? They base this upon the hadith of Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Anas ibn Malik. Abu Hamza Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu on the authority of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that uh, when he would enter into the toilet he would take off his ring he would take off his ring why? because this ring is engraved with Muhammad Muhammadun Rasulullah Muhammad is the messenger of Allah okay وَهَذِهِ لَيْسَتْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ الْمَعْرُوفِ فَيَقْتَدِي أَنَّ كُلَّ مَا فِيهِ اسْمُ اللَّهِ يُكْرَهِ there he goes and what he's saying is that this isn't necessarily the dhikr of Allah like Muhammad Rasulullah is not dhikr you don't sit there and say Muhammad Rasulullah you don't unless you know you're on some next freaked out tip yani, which is, to be honest I don't expect anything less from some people these days I saw some next level craziness today I saw a video today where it was absolute rave breakdown break dancing flex going down inside masjid and so you know everything is dhikr these days but anyway um, man them gyal them just, just you know smacking it out <laughs> anyway just amazing anyway so um, uh, but Muhammad Rasulullah is not dhikr as we understand it neither in a technical sense neither in a linguistic sense and so therefore they use this hadith to basically focus on the point that is that Allah part, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mentioning of the name of Allah in some kind of way, out of respect. Okay? That's the the wajhul istidlal. That's the way that they're coming to this matter. That's the way that's where they're coming from. That's the, how they're basing the evidence. Here's the issue though. This hadith itself, um, as Sheikh Uthameen probably correctly says, because what hadith Ma'lul. Ma'lul means that the hadith is has an illa. And an illa, yani, uh, uh, ma'lul, you can translate as sick. This hadith is sick or diseased or ill, whatever. Right? If you were to be linguistically. How is a hadith sick and ill? The word illa in the hadith sciences refers to a hidden fault. You see a hadith, okay, they have some very obvious problems. And pretty much everyone can deal with them and they can look at it straight away and say, well, it's not hadith. So, for example, this person here and he says, and he says that uh, I heard a hadith today and I said, what was that hadith? And he goes, 
قال إمام مالك عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من دخل كذا whatever yeah so he says to me I heard Imam Malik say that the Prophet said or the Prophet entered upon so I'll say just whoa, 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 hold on what happened to the other two generations of people that you've missed out the 150 years that you've missed out yeah so it's an obvious fault there's a break in the chain in the Senate yeah and there's other easy ways uh, you mention a person's name like Ibn Lahia or whatever and immediately you say well this, this guy even I know this guy this guy is very weak he's a liar he's this that whatever and we can't go ahead with the hadith that has so these are obvious faults and this does not knowing this does not make you a muhaddith right what makes you a muhaddith and puts you at the top level and if you remember early, early on we discussed the, the muhaddith and the naqid and all this kind of stuff are those people who can look at a chain and it's looking all, all, all you know supreme top people all there not just top people imams from an imam from an imam from an imam from the companion from the prophet he looks at it, he goes there's a, this hadith weak he looks at it, he's almost like x-ray vision he can see behind what's going on what he's seeing is that he knows that these two guys never met at that time i know they never met at that time it's not possible because he went to this place and he went to that place it's just not possible there's a hidden fault hidden faults are called uh, in plural and in the singular, illa. Uh, and this, of course, is the, the real skill of the muhaddith. And anyone who's a professional, anyone who is a professional can relate to this. A doctor, when he looks at a patient and the obvious signs are not there, but he has that sixth sense, that's his skill. The pharmacist, if he looks at a prescription, it's all legal, but he feels that there's something wrong. The engineer, he looks at an engine, looking great, sound just isn't right. He checks everything, everything's perfect, but the sound is just not right. Every specialist has their field. And the muhaddith and the naqid, this is his field. Okay, he's able to see this. So the hadith is ma'lul, and he says, Many people have spoken lots and lots about this hadith. This is what Shaykh Uthameen wants to say. If you turn back in the commentary, but um, then he, he will give you all of the uh, people who said, it's narrated originally by Imam Abu Dawood and by Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. Okay, Imam Tirmidhi said that it is Hassan Sahih Gharib, and Hakim, he said it's authentic. But the majority of the scholars said it is weak. Imam Abu Dawood himself, he said, This is a rejected hadith. Uh, Imam Al-Nasai said, This hadith is not preserved. It's not something which has, which has, which has been protected. It's not an authentic narration. Imam Al-Nawi said, Abu Dawood wal-Nasai wal-Bayhaqi wal-Jamhur. He wants to defend Imam Tirmidhi, but he wants to say that, but he's saying that Abu Dawood and Nasai and Al-Bayhaqi and someone said it is weak. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, he said this hadith is ma'lul. There's a hidden fault with this. Unacceptable, basically. And so, therefore, let's, let's go on that basis. Anyway, Shukhat mean he goes, but if anyone really did authenticate this hadith, okay, وَمَنْ صَحَّحَ الْحَدِيثِ أَوْ حَسَّنَهُ قَالَ بِالْكِرَاهَةِ Yani, even those who said that this hadith is authentic, they said that this action of the Prophet ﷺ taking off the ring before he went into the toilet only indicates that the actual entering with any mention of Allah is hated, not haram. Hated, not haram. And as for those people who said the hadith is not authentic, then they said it's not hated. Okay? They said it's not hated. لكن الأفضل أن لا يدخل but even though those people who said that the hadith is weak and it's not hated, they said it's better that you don't walk in. <coughs> Shaykh Uthameen says, 
How, what, what is the legal reality of a statement better? How can you say in Islam or in fiqh something's better? Okay? He goes, well, he goes, the difference between us saying that it's makhru on one hand or saying it's better not to go in is because innahu, uh, because um, if you don't do that which is better, you have not fallen into something which is disliked. Do you understand that? Okay? If you don't do... Sometimes someone says to you, this is it's better if you don't do that. If you don't do that, if you don't listen to him, I mean, and you do do that, you haven't done a makru action. So that's why afdal, or the word better to leave this, or better to do that, or better to leave this, is a different category, a very specific category of action. It's not a very legal one, it's more an ethical one. Okay, It's not a legal, legal one, it's an ethical one. It's one based upon the objectives of Sharia. So what Shaykh Tamim is saying, he goes, listen, I don't accept this hadith. I think this hadith is weak. It's not hated to go into the toilet with the mentioning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I will tell you what, it's better that you don't. Out of respect and so on and so forth. But if you do, I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to do a makru action or you're definitely not going to do haram action. So we're well away from haram, alhamdulillah. And we're even away from the hated, okay? But the ulama have pretty much all consensus said that it's better not to do that. And it's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious. Because uh, 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 anything that we have, uh, uh, you know, that kind of value for, you don't even have to be religious to understand that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you, you, give, you give the most miskeen non-practicing, uh, or even the most practicing or the non-practicing, it's strange, isn't it? Respect is a very subjective term. If, 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 if respect is broken down to a physical thing, then the most non-practicing Muslims are far more respectful of the Qur'an than the practicing, right? Okay? If respect is a, is a, is a physical quantity. If it is يعني, in a quantitative form, the practicing Muslims will be throwing mushafs here and there and picking it up and it's all dog-eared and you know, whatever. The really practicing ones, because they use it there and there and they're attached to it and we're happy with that. Okay? But physically, it doesn't look like you're respecting the book too much. The hair is there, it's all over, 5, 10, lying all around the place. Whereas the non-practicing, we don't touch it at all. Yani they treat it like really is the crown jewels. So, um, so it's just, it's just, what's interesting is that, that's why I'm giving this example, that even the practicing and the non-practicing, they don't feel right taking the Qur'an to the toilet. Okay? And on that point, there's a consensus that the Qur'an is not to be taken in, not because there's an evidence, but because it is an, it's an insult to the to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Um, so that's a, that's a correct position. Now, Shaykh Uthameen, goes on and he has an interesting uh, uh, point and he says that, um, uh, and he goes, he, he wants to state that the ulama very much made an exception. They said that the Quran, not karaha, it is haram. To walk into the, 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 the toilet, it is haram. Whether it's out in the open in your hand or whether it's in the pocket of your jacket. This is the, the, the interesting point. Itlaqan. Absolutely. Itlaqan means unconditionally. It is haram to go into the toilet with your with your mushaf in your pocket. Because it has ashraful kalam, the most uh, 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 respected of, 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 of speech. The next Arabic statement, illa lihajatin, unless there's a need. And that's of course in the English, right? So sometimes there comes a need. Now, a need is going to be, you know, there's going to be various scenarios that are going to present themselves. And the ulama even accepted, although very, very reluctantly, that even the mushaf one could happen. And this is in the idea that there's no one to give the mushaf to. So the standard principle is that when you go to the toilet, you hand your mushaf to someone, I'm going to the toilet. All right, you hold on to this for me. Um, 
But let's just say you're out somewhere and you know there's thieves around and you've got to understand that in our culture we don't think that uh, Qur'ans get uh, stolen, but they do. And back home in our countries, that's what happens to them, okay? And so the idea would be is that if you really fear that it's going to be stolen, then there may be some space for you to wrap it up and put it in your, in your pocket. This is the idea behind it. But like I said, many scholars don't even accept that. They said, no, hide it somewhere, whatever. And you should look for other options. Of course you can hide it, you know what I mean? Um, a much more difficult one is the, is the uh, things like money. Now, in old time, money was a problem because it was, had, had dhikr all over it, okay? And you can't leave that with people, they'll be gone, yani, right? You can't hide that generally because that's a lot easier to find the people looking for that kind of thing. You might be able to leave, I don't know. But the point is, is that uh, money is a more difficult one. And so for that reason, they said it's in the pocket, it's hidden, that's okay, inshallah. That's where a need is played, okay? The need card is played. And... I mean, you might say this, not thingy, uh, not very common. It's not, obviously, not in the UK. In the UK, no problem. Go to the toilet with your money, no problem. Best place for it. So the, um, but in Saudi, the current batch of notes, maybe 2008 or nine, I think I remember. Yeah, correct. It has, um, it has on, only on the one real note. There's the seal of the Prophet ﷺ. No, it's not the seal of the Prophet ﷺ. It's a seal in the style of the Prophet ﷺ's ring and seal. It says in the middle, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la. And then um, around it says, Muhammad Rasulullah, Muhammad Rasulullah, Arasalahu bil huda wa deen al haqq li yudhirhu ala deen kulli. Yeah, yeah. This is all on the one real note. So you got the real, you got King Abdullah, and you got I think a picture of maybe Aqsa. No, no, it's Abdullah. It's a new note. Oh eight or nine or something. Yeah, yeah. Since Abdullah came, this is the reprint after Fahad, um, and it's got Aqsa in the background. It's the green one. Yeah, and the, the ring is only maybe that small. Only like you know, it's a stamp right in the middle, but it's very clear Arabic. I mean, very clear. And the middle is that handwritten carved one and the round one is the printed one. Now, that's not an ayah, okay? But that is dhikr. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la is dhikr, proper, right? As in proper dhikr that you do. And Muhammad Rasulullah is not dhikr, it's a fact. Arrasala rasulahu bil huda wa deen al-haqli yudhirahu ala deen kulli is a part exact of an ayah, okay? Uh, he was sent... Allah is in brackets. Allah sent him with the guidance and the true religion to become prevalent and dominant over all religions. Is what it says. So you got, and, you're, and it's not even, a, you know, it's so silly that to be honest. Like because you stick it on a 200 real note or whatever, you know, the, 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 the real note which is like, what's 200 reals? About 50 quid in it. Yeah. Stick it on the 50 quid note. Have they got 500 real? Yeah. Mm. Five, yeah, I think they've got 500 riyals, yeah. So that's... Yeah, okay, 500 riyals is like 100 quid. Stick it on that because that's not going to be in many people's pockets. But you, or stick it on a one real note, which is 20p coin. Everyone's got that, you know? But anyway, they did that. Strange. But if you have one of those in your pocket, inshallah, it's okay. Yeah, because of the need. That's the point that we're trying to make, yeah? Um, yeah. Okay... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
makes the point nowadays really um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing I'm not convinced that it's a good thing or a bad thing yet but certainly uh, Mus'habs were getting smaller smaller Medina then came out with their very nice small blue size and we were all very very happy very thin very nice print um, and we were enjoying that for a couple of years it was nice for us who wanted to carry one around with them and but even now they're redundant in the face of uh, smartphones and iPhones and Androids whatever we've got a very nice high quality uh, Mus'haf um, but ahead we have no issue I've got a picture of the the Saudi note, yeah, you can put it on, yeah, stick on the Saudi one real note. Um, you can watch on the video later. The uh, now the, the iPhone, obviously, it's there, right? It's there, but at the same time, uh, with the uh, button, it disappears, and it's not a real paper, it's not real words, it's an image, and so that's effectively what saves it, okay? That's what saves it. But I will say to you that there's a difference, of course. Between, I know this is crazy, this is extremism, but I am, I am an extremist, so I'm going to just put it out there, right? Okay. Um, you know how, a, you know how a, a phone works. I mean, if you have, if you have, um, I don't know. So if you have like a home screen, right? If you have a home screen and you uh, press your lock button so that it goes off. Yeah. It's now, it's now blank, isn't it? Okay. Now, when I now op uh, open up my home screen again. I'm back to wherever I was. If I had an app open, then when I open it up again, it'll be back on the app, won't it? Yeah? So if I'm on a Mus'haf page, I will escape out. I will like close the app down to go back to home page before I turn my phone off if I have to go to the bathroom. That's just the pack in me, you know what I'm saying? Because even though it's, there's nothing there, once you've pressed that button, it's gone. There's nothing there, right? So there's no real point to it. But you know, being a pack, you just want to be double sure, Yanni. <laughs> stealing the phone, is it? Huh? It's still in the phone, but it's not in the phone, is it? We thought you might. We're seeing it like in the pack thing. In the, if, if we were like you know looking in a pack way, it's like as if it's in the phone, but it's not. It's a screen of of liquid. That's what it is, isn't it? And when we press the right. Uh, order of buttons and hit the right code of electrical impulses on the conductor it then sends an impulse which changes that liquid into the Mus'haf page but that's like saying if you close the book you can't see it that's like saying if you close the book you can't see the pages so the ruling the, ru the, the, the ruling is it on the fact that uh, based upon the pages being visible, or is it based upon the fact that we have something called a mushaf? Do, do you know what I mean? So, if you look at the phone one, all right, there is no mushaf in there at all. There's nothing of any form of mushaf whatsoever. What you have is a code, data, which also means nothing. I mean, you couldn't see it in any kind of fashion unless you press a certain amount of keys and then it creates the image using that data. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, something like that, yeah? So at no stage, even when you are in reading the Qur'an, is it a Qur'an? It's just displaying a page. There's not even another one there unless you press the whatever button. It's happening so quick, it's creating all these images. But it's not, it's not like it's suddenly reaching and grabbing another page and suddenly reaching and grabbing another page. 
Am I right? It's you're pressing something and it creates the code which creates the response which act, activates the data which presents itself on the screen. Am I, am I, do you understand what I, mean, what I mean? Which is very different from a mushaf which is actual, all, full, physical, real and there. Anyway, I don't think there's a problem taking the phone to the toilet. Anyway, that's the point. Okay. Allah. Huh? With the, with the Quran? No. All oh, right. Yeah, no, no. Uh, you know, so I don't think that's a, that, that ruling is the same. But still, it's something to reflect upon. I just gave you the pack thing. Even though I've just explained it, I've triple refuted myself, the idea that I need to cancel out. But it just makes me feel better, you know, because I'm a pack. Right. If you, if you actually cl- close the app with double clicking and minusing, yeah. then you might, you know, make it more expensive. But the iPhone is not just device anyway. <laughs> iPhone isn't just device, Yara. It's true, huh? You just come back from Saudi, Yara. Makkatul Mukarram, and you're speaking like that. Why are you dissing an iPhone like that for, brother? Subhanallah. You know it. You know, my Urdu is coming back. I had the Urdu conversation today for 10 minutes with someone. It was amazing. That's my only word I know. It's a great. I love chatting Urdu, man. Right. So the next point then is which is translated as raising the garment before nearing the ground. Quick uh, raise of a hand, someone. What do you understand by that statement? Immediate. Yeah. Uh, make a sentence. It is disliked to. It is disliked to when you go to the toilet, you leave the filth down of the garment to your to uncles. But it is saying it's disliked to raise the garment before nearing the ground. Put the garment the toilet. Yeah. Or the, the yeah the ground you have to assume is like the toilet. Yeah, dirty. What do you think it means? When you just hear it. Is that what you understood? Is that what you understood? Yeah. From the English or the Arabic? Yeah. From the English. Anyone else? What did you understand from the English? Just when you just heard it. What did you understand by the statement? Come. That is disliked to? Okay, all right, good. That's, that's, that, those are both two people, independent. They came to the correct meaning. I, 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 I say that because when I was trying to put it into English and I chose what I wanted to go with the English and I read it again to myself, I said that maybe this could be misinterpreted. Anyway, the meaning of this is very simple. You don't lift up your thobe early, basically. I mean, it's not going to apply to us most of the time. But the idea is here's a person who's trying to get away as far as possible to do you know, the toilet uh, outside and he can't get cover, he can't find cover, and so he's gonna try his best very possible to get as close and far away as possible. What he doesn't do is that he basically looks around, just drops his thing, he's pulled up his thob, starts walking around, you know what I'm saying? That's the point, that's what he's not allowed to do. So what does he do? He basically finds his location first, and then he's literally, at the very last second, does he lift up his thob and risk his aura being shot. Is that clear everybody? That's the meaning behind this. Obviously for us in a closed toilet, it's a clear, it's clear, it's not going to happen. You're going to close the door and no one's going to see uh, anyway. All right. So 
Um, and the reason for that is because the Prophet Sallallahu said in a hadith which is narrated by Imam Muslim that لا الرجل إلى الرجل, that a man should not uh, is not allowed to look at the aura of another man. Okay? And the same for the women of course and man to woman, woman to man, woman to woman, man to man. Yeah? Not allowed to look at the aura. So that's the basic ruling. Alright? And um, uh, Sheikh Tamim said that there's three statements of the scholars in this issue. First of them, for the first statement was that some of them said it is allowed. Okay, because there might be a need. The second that said it is hated, i.e. what we just said from our text. And the third is that this is haram to do. That this is haram to do, not just makru. Remember this whole showing the aura thing? This is in the makru section. You might think, hold on, why is that? Well, in actual fact, the third statement of haram is actually the position of the Hanbali madhab. That it is not allowed. It's haram to lift up the thaw before you get to the final, final moment. Okay? But, they, But here, they've decided to go with, it's hated. Or a level down from haram. Because they want to summarize the issue. They want to make it easy. Because maybe there's a reason for you to do that. There's a reason for you to do that. Okay? Um, so that's, that's, that's uh, uh, okay. Um, obviously, if you're in a thaw, this is a bigger issue if you're urinating standing up, right? If you're urinating standing up, it can be a much more serious issue depending upon uh, uh, direction and so on. So, I mean, that's just a, a point. I don't, I don't think we really need to uh, uh, go there uh, as such. Um, the point is, is that a person is lifting up his thaw. And I did give you the example of the shalwar kanizia last week, you know. That is one of those dresses that you are able to effectively minimize that, that risk of showing your aura because it's a bit more flexible with the split, okay, and so on and so forth. And trousers, which are completely permissible to wear, obviously have the zipper or the flies or whatever they're called. What, zipper? What are they called? Flies? Flies? I don't know. Zippers, whatever. You know what I'm talking about, yeah? I don't know. I don't know if there's a generational change in the words. We used to call it your flies are undone. Yeah? You understand what I mean when I say your flies are undone, yeah? yeah? The zipper, right? So this is all good. That's actually all very, they're all very good and very Islamic. It's a good, yani, you know, if you're going to be wearing trousers, that's how you'd want it to be, all right? Um, and Sheikh Uthameen, uh here he now does his little kind of discussion about the urinating standing up thing. And we discussed that last week. And I told you that I find that to be something which is permissible. And there is a discussion. Aisha radiallahu anha still didn't, you know, right until the end, refused to believe that. Did I tell you that Sayyidina Umar, he, uh, uh, it was narrated from Sayyidina Umar that he never urinated standing up ever? It is said, it is, he said that since I became Muslim, I never ever urinated standing up. And the funny thing is, is that uh, Imam Al-Tabarani narrates uh, a, uh, an athar, an athar, not a hadith, an athar, that he did urinate standing up. So you have two opposing evidences. Anyway, the point is that it's something which is permissible, okay? And uh, I said to you last time that there are a number of possibilities which would indicate um, why uh, the Prophet ﷺ might have done that. There's a very clear hadith. He went to where the people were gathering together and he came to basically a dump, where the rubbish dump is and, you know, and it's still in the public eye. This is, this, this is the, what the scholars said. That it's a dump, but not out in the, the, the woods somewhere. It was actually like, a, you know, like in Pakistan. You know, when you're in the villages, you see in front of the houses, seven, eight of them will share that area. We call it in Qutur uh, Deiran. What do you call it in Urdu? You don't know. 
kind of pack are you, man? <laughs> Let it kiss me, honestly. You don't even know what Deiran is, man. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. So the point is, is that they said that the Prophet ﷺ, he urinated standing up because it to to urinate sitting down would have led to more uncovering of the aura. And for him to do it standing up would have been much less astur, yeah. It would have been more covering for him. Allahu A'lam. What the scholars have agreed upon, and I told you my position last week, is that he did it to show permissibility. In principle, we urinate sitting down, but it is absolutely allowed for you to urinate standing up. Okay? Um, and some of them, I told you that some of them said that the uh, reason he did it is because he was, his knees had become weak. Okay? And he had knee infection, knee problem, and so on. And this is because the Arabs used to say that. And first of all, there is no truth in that anyway from a medical point of view. Number two, uh, it's doubtful whether we can trace that back to the Arabs. Number three, it goes back to the same principle that we talked about. Anyone who squats, they're going to kill their knees. So obviously you're going to feel better urinating standing up. So it's not necessarily a cure for knee pain. It's prevent- preventing knee pain happening in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So there's a difference between the two. All right, so then the next thing is, then he says, uh, Number three, speaking Whilst in the toilet. This is very interesting. Fihi. Right? In the toilet. Uh, not in the process of going to the toilet. Fihi is bigger. So there's, there's speaking whilst you're actually, you know, urinating or defecating. And there's speaking whilst in that area. And the position of the madhab is the general one. That just being in there is a problem. Which obviously causes a number of uh, interesting uh, uh, issues. So, Sheikh Uthameen says at top page 117, he goes, so it is not like then to um, to speak whilst you are fulfilling your need. The evidence, a man passed by the Prophet ﷺ whilst he was urinating and he gave him salam and the Prophet ﷺ did not return the salam. Okay? This hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim in Kitab al-Hayl, the book of menstruation. Um, the ulama, they said, well, if uh, uh, speaking was allowed, the Prophet ﷺ would have responded because to respond to the salam is wajib, it's a must, it's an obligation. And if it was allowed, he would have done it. The problem with that argument is that he did actually respond to the salam. <laughs> yeah, he did, he, he did uh, respond to the salam. We know that um, as the, uh, the hadith uh, mentions in its detail that. This hadith has been narrated by Ibn Khuzayma and it is authenticated by him as well. What happened is that when the man came and he was a muhajir and when he came and gave Islam to Prophet and he didn't respond, this is the longer version to give us more details. Yeah, The asal is in Sahih Muslim. He didn't give him the salam the Prophet ﷺ then finished from urinating. This is the interesting part. He then made a went, he then went and made wudu as well. So it wasn't even so much the fact that he was in the toilet as such. He then made wudu as well. And then he oh, sorry. He went and he apologized to the guy. Right? And said, sorry, I just want to explain myself. I really dislike uh, speaking. Uh, 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 sorry. I really dislike mentioning the name of Allah whilst I'm not in a state of purity. Okay? And azkur Allah that I mentioned the name of Allah whilst I'm not in a state of This is haram. <laughs> I, I just didn't like it, like it. I dislike that fact that I do, I do that. So I just want to say to you that it's not almost the strongest condemnation of talking either. Do you understand? If you follow the language, 
He did give salam. He just delayed the salam. He didn't say speaking for me is haram. He said, I'd, I'd like prefer that I don't mention, uh, you know, the name of Allah, wa alaykumussalam wa rahmatullah. I don't mention the name of Allah whilst I'm in the, whilst I'm, I'm impure, a state of impurity. So this is a, this is a, a this is a point. Um, the the real issue or the real point for this discussion comes from another narration, okay? Um, another narration where if there are two people who cannot find a place to go separately or don't have the time to go separately to the toilet and they are close by one another and then they go and then they sit down and then they go to the toilet together and they chat to each other whilst they're on the toilet, okay? Now, what I find amazing is that this hadith is very clear when it describes this incident happening. Okay, this hadith, this hadith, um, which has been narrated, I'll read it to you in its full text. لا يخرج الرجلان يضربان الغائط كاشفين عن أوراتهما يتحدثان فإن الله عز وجل ينقط على ذلك. The hadith which is narrated by Imam Ahmed and by Abu Dawood states that the Prophet ﷺ on the, hadith, on the authority of, of, of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri that the Prophet ﷺ said that two men should not go out, out should not go out together uh, going for a dump basically both of them right number two uncovering their aura and chatting to each other about it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he abhors that abhors that hates it more than hate, right? Yeah, like so much that he's angry. Yeah. It's a huge enormity that you say about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, uh, or you claim that about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which you don't do. So, maqat is a disgust, hate, everything. So, uh, but the problem with this hadith. I mean, obviously, this hadith is weak, first of all. Okay? The hadith itself is weak. But the principle is clear as sun, Yani. You don't go around, Yani, doing that. But I want you to just think about this. This hadith is referring to in the open when the people can see each other. So it's very clear. People now do that in toilets, don't they? They go to the cubicles, you be in here, you be in there, and they'll be doing whatever. They want chatting to each other. Yeah, this, that, whatever, blah, blah. You hear it. You go into the cubicles, you hear them chatting to each other. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly the application of the hadith, actually. It's just that they both can't see each other's aura. Anyway, it's something that you should be, you should uh, think about because, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a problem. Um, I'll tell you something which is interesting. Imam Ahmed, rahmatullahi he said that it is, uh, uh, when he was asked about, in a narration, uh, about speaking whilst uh, whilst going to the toilet he said la yambaghi la yambaghi now the direct translation of la yambaghi would be it's not good i think yeah that's i think the best way to translate la yambaghi okay it's yani it's not good he shouldn't shouldn't it's not good it shouldn't now, there's a very interesting lesson here in 
in Usul al-Fiqh and especially in the Usul of the Madhab of the Hanbalis. Imam Ahmed, he makes a number of these kind of statements, which when you hear it or read it, it's not clear what he's trying to say. La Yambari is not a legal statement. La Yambari is not a legal statement. It's a statement which basically is indicating his preference. Yet the students and the imams of the madhab, they know that when Imam Ahmed says something like that, he actually means something more. And so that's why Imam uh, Sheikh Uthameen, he says, even though Imam Ahmed said, La yambaghi, it's not right. That when Imam Ahmed, that his companions and, and the big imams of the, of the Hamli madhab and his students, and those who studied with him and under him. They know that when Imam Ahmed said that I dislike, he says, I dislike, or he says, Layambari, it, it shouldn't be done. This is indicating haram, according to Imam Ahmed. So when he makes that statement, he's basically saying, I think it's haram. So when he says, I dislike that you do that, he's basically saying, I think that's haram. If he says, you shouldn't do that, Layambari and al kada, you shouldn't do that, he's basically saying, that's haram. Okay, so Imam uh, Sheikh Uthameen then concludes this uh, point before we have a little chat about this because for Hasil, a person should not speak whilst he is going to the toilet, whilst he is in the process of the toilet, and whilst in the actual area of the toilet itself, unless there is a need, a haja, such as if he is going to help someone. Someone who is lost or someone is trying to come his way or something like that, tell him to get out of the way or, or something like that. Or someone uh, spoke to him and, and it's absolutely a must that he uh, 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 must respond to him. Or he has a need with a certain person who's in a room with him, Sheikh Tamim says. Uh, and that's why he's very accurate. He didn't say for durura, he said for haja. You see, in, in Sharia, we have different levels of, of, of different levels of what? Not need, different. Something like durura and haja and. Yeah. Durura is necessity, need is haja. Uh, the, the last one, tihsiniyat, is just for, just for the, the, you know, just for the sake of doing it, but the, or just to perfect the action. What I'm saying, what's category of what? No, not preferences. Category of ruling? Maybe category of ruling? I don't know. I, don't, I can't think of what the word I want to try and say. But these are categories, yeah? So, Sheikh Uthim, I mean, Sheikh Muhammad Bukhtar Shankit is a lot more traditional faqih kind of type. He, he gives the example. He said, he goes, for durura, no problem. Durura would be that a person is basically, he suddenly turns around and sees a bomb, basically. Right? Here's a bomb. Not only do you run out naked, you scream naked, you scream everything. Yeah? So this is the He said that a person he's basically fearing destruction. So this is darura. He goes for the haja, it is also permissible. The haja would be that someone is coming close and he's gonna walk in upon him. And so normally the pathway is you know <coughs> you know kind of flex. But sometimes man's don't pick up on pick up on the you know what I'm saying? So you have to be a bit more bit explicit. So sometimes I say, sorry bro, just, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> and, and so what if this happened to me, bro? <laughs> sorry, bro. <laughs> sorry, bro. So, um, 
So that would be a need. And Shaykh Uthameen, he goes that if there was someone in the room or someone there outside that you fear that you need something from and you know that he's about to leave and you hear him like walk out the door, you're, you're allowed to call him. Wait, 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 just give me five minutes. Yeah? Or 20 minutes for Shaz's kids. Astaghfirullah. What was that? I have trouble with you. Half an hour back. Sorry. Shaz so quiet all the lesson. I thought, yeah, we can't let him sit there and enjoy himself, yeah, and being so quiet and this and that, isn't it? Um, and he also says that, um, uh, or, <laughs> which I think everyone has. <laughs> Everyone has probably fallen into when you run out of toilet paper. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you need water. Uh, oh, you need water, yeah. If you need water. That's what Sheikh Utaymin says. If you need water for Istinja, but the modern, the modern day version is, you know, toilet rolls are gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> toilet paper's run out. Right, okay. So then he said there's no problem with that. Okay. And you can see more references to that, uh, more references to that in the books of Hanbali Fiqh. All right. So now, what's interesting is that he moves on to the next thing, which is hated. What did he say about that? He said, "Wabawluhu fi shakin wa and urinating in a hole or the like. I've written hole for the word shak. Shak shukuk is actually a crack. Okay, it's a crack. But its intended meaning is also a hole. I'll explain that uh, uh, now here anyway. Um, the, the point here is this. It is disliked to urinate into a crevice or a crack or a hole or an opening in the ground um, such as a burrow or such as a hole for vermin and little animals, or like a, uh, 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 I don't know, whatever, any kind of like thing, okay? Even if you know, and this is what Sheikh Uthameen says, even if you know the reason for that hole, okay? Even if you know the reason for that hole, that's going to become clear when you realize what we talked about last week. You remember last week or week before when we said that amongst in our cultures is very well known, that the reason you don't do it in these areas is the Musaqin al Jinn. Yeah, the um, homes of the jinn. Okay? Now that's a supposed that's a supposition, isn't it? It's based upon the ghaib, you don't know. So Shaykh Uthameen is saying that even if you do know that this actually is a hole for mice or field mice or rodents or whatever, you still don't do it. You still don't do it. Okay? Um, and you'll you'll find you'll find you'll find some some uh, 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 pieces of ground that uh, is very very clear why you know you might uh, have uh, a crack like it's a and Sheikh Uthameen he gives an example here he said it's a plain and in this plain because it's so flat the rain when it uh, uh, falls on it it evaporates super quick. And therefore, it dries up very quick and it causes a lot of cracks, okay, and in desert areas. So you're very confident that you know that that's a crack for that. It's not because the animal's there or it's not because of jinn homes or anything. So Sheikh Tamim says, he goes, Dahir al-Kalam, he goes, what seems obvious from the statements from the Hanbalis is that it doesn't even matter if you know the reason. And then he goes, uh, and this is not just for any crack, but uh, 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 thing, you know, what are those things in trees called? Holes? Holes in a tree? 
What's that called? Mm, crevice. Crevice, yeah, okay, the crevice in a tree. You know, a little birds and might be all little insects. Same thing. And a burrow, and a den, and a lair. You know, all these different words that you know that, uh, and they have the specific. It's a badger's lair, isn't it? It's the lair of a badger. Crevice for a. I don't know, but each animal has its own little thing. So all of this is not allowed. Why? Because, and this is now ta'lil, meaning that um, uh, the, 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 uh, the ruling is that it is hated, it is makroob. If there's a need, what would the need be? You can't find any other place. Okay? And if there's a need, therefore then the makraha disappears. Is that clear? Yeah, you know that. If there's ever a need, then the karaha disappears. Why is it makroob? For a number of reasons. The first reason is a hadith of hadith of Qatada ibn Abdullah ibn Sarjis, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, on the authority of the Prophet that he said, Naha and yubala fil juhr. He prohibited us from urinating in into a burrow or into holes. So Qatada radiyallahu anhu, he was asked. Um, and what's so special about Mabal al Juhar? He said, What's so special about holes? What's so special about. Oh, look at that. Look, at, look outside the light, Sheikh. Mm. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. So it was electric uh, thingy. Yeah. The lights went out outside. Yeah. So And not inside. Yeah, did you notice? Yeah. Which means that the problem in the mic is linked to the external lights. Huh? Isn't that interesting? That the, it can't be the general electric surge because nothing happened here, isn't it? Mm. Which means that the, the the circuit that it's on is is outside. We need to we need to we need to look at that. Um, the so 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 Qatada was asked, what's the issue with uh, what's the issue with uh, uh, hijab, uh, juhur? Yeah. Huh? And he said, Innaha masakinul jinn. He goes because they are the resident res- the residences or the dwelling places of jinn. This hadith has been narrated by Imam Ahmed and by Imam Abu Dawood in the chapter of Tahara. And Ibn Turkmani, he said the hadith itself and other scholars, they said it has a illah. Um, and it is narrated from Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal that it is that it has not been established or heard from Qatada radiallahu an himself. But لكن أثبت السماعه منه علي بن المديني وأبو زرعة والمثبت مقدم على النافي. This is very interesting. But other scholars of hadith, such as Ali bin Madini, who is a teacher of who? Imam al-Bukhari, good, okay. Who is a companion and friend of Imam Ahmed. He said, but this has been established as a hadith from, uh, um, it has been established from Qatada. And Abu Zur'a, who of course is another great muhaddith, he says that. And in hadith there's a principle that the one who says it has been established, his statement is given precedence than the one who says it has not been established. Okay, which is a detailed point in Mustalah al-Hadith. And so who can then consider this hadith to be authentic? This is interesting. Hakim, Ibn Khuzayma, Ibn Sakan, Imam al-Nawawi, and Imam al-Dhahabi. Insha'Allah... Sheikh Uthameen says, وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ مِنَ الْعُلَمَاءِ مَنْ صَحَّحَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ ضَعَّفَهُ وَأَقَلُّ أَحْوَالُهُ أَنْ يَكُونُ حَسَنًا لِأَنَّ الْعُلَمَاءِ قَبِلُوهُ وَاحْتَجُّوبِهُ 
Sheikh Uthaymeen, his position on this is, as it, so he goes, some say it's authentic, some say it's weak, but as, as far as I'm concerned, the bare minimum that this hadith is, is that it is hasan, meaning acceptable, fair. And, that's, and they accepted this hadith, and more importantly, they all acted upon this hadith. What does it mean they acted? They wrote out and taught all their students, do not be urinating in these areas. Now, you might say, that's the hadith evidence. The second evidence, another evidence for why you're not allowed to do this, is the obvious ones. You're killing animals unnecessarily, causing them harm unnecessarily. Um, you're causing uh, a problem for yourself unnecessarily. The idea is that if you were to urinate into a hole that has a load of you know, insects, they're going to come rushing out. You're standing there, yeah, or sitting there, and suddenly some big dirty spider jumps out, yeah. You're finished, mate. You are urinating all over yourself. You are quite literally peeing yourself right there, you know what I'm saying? And that's what Sheikh he said. He said, and he goes, I like that one as well. He said, The other one is, is that you might urinate on the thingy and it might jump out. And as it jumps out onto you, it then leaves the urine on you, making you nejas. Basically. Yeah? So the point is, is that if that happened, you're the fault. Why were you going to next man's hole in the first place? You know what I'm saying? You should go and urinate in a proper place. Why is that? It's about causing trouble. So that's the that's the that's the point that's being made. Um, so these are the two reasons. Now Sheikh Uthaymeen then he now pushes the boat out, which is I like this. He goes and we should note we should mention in this uh, at this juncture the story of Saad ibn Ubadah, the Amir of Al Khazraj, okay, uh, the tribe of Al Khazraj, Sayyid Al Khazraj, and. You can see by the way of a scholar how he talks about a story, what he thinks about the story. He said, وَذَكَرَ الْمُؤَرِّخُونَ The historians mentioned. Did you see he didn't say Allah says, he didn't say the scholars said, he didn't say that it's in the books of hadith. He said the historians. And as I said to you before, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't. In the two books where we accept kind of some laxity, we know that you don't need too much strength in terms of narration, are tafsir and history. When it comes to history, when it comes to history and, and tafsir, these two sources, we don't mind taking a few kind of strange and kind of far out statements in because we're not going to base our aqidah upon it. We're not going to base fiqh upon it. We're not going to say halal or haram based upon it. We're not going to make ishtihad based upon it. We're just going to use these incidents of tafsir explanation and historical analysis as just something to bolster up our argument, not as a proof for our argument itself. Does that make sense? So that's why Sheikh Uthameen, he's happy to go with a statement, a story, which is pretty wild, as you're going to hear, okay? But that's why he's, he's predicated it with. The historians mentioned that Sayyid al-Khazraj Sa'ad ibn Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was in Sham, in Palestine, and he urinated into one of these holes. He urinated into the Juhr. He hadn't even finished from his urinating, except that he collapsed and he died on the spot. He died on the spot. In Medina, at that moment when it happened, in Medina, the people heard an invisible voice, okay, that said, نَحْنُ قَتَلْنَا سَيِّدُ الْخَزْ رَجِسَعْدِ بْنُ عُبَادَةِ 
ورميناه بسهمين فلم نخطئ فؤاده. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad for Arabic poetry, but we killed the leader of the tribe of Khazraj, Sa'ad ibn Ubadah. We shot him with our arrows and we never missed the hearts. This is yani, the, the statement. Obviously, it sounds much better in Arabic. Yani. Um, and Sheikh Tamim, he says, that is exactly what the historian said. Allah knows about the authenticity of this story. This, this is the, the scholar. He says, anyway, it's enough for us what we mentioned about evidence in the first hadith and the common sense that we mentioned in the second. You know, about getting ourselves dirty, whatever. And, you know, and, and even we said that even if actually there's a need, if you do find a need, and you can't find any place that doesn't have any... It's allowed for you to do it anyway. Don't worry. So what Sheikh Uthaymin, he's made it very clear what his legal position is. But he's also definitely added some weight to the idea that is very common in our culture. And is based upon this. It's based upon this story. And it's a scary story. Okay. And, and uh, just to give you a little bit of information about the narration. This narration was narrated by Imam Abdul Razak in the Musannaf. And also by Mama Tabarani and Al-Hakim on the authority of Ma'mar, on the authority of Qatada, who's the student of Abdullah ibn Abbas. So this is a heavy chain. Okay, it's no joke. Yani. Narrated by Ibn Sa'ad as well, and Ibn Asakir as well, on the authority of Ibn Sirin, and also Al-Asma'i. And all of them, therefore, all of these narrations are Marasil. Marasil is the plural of which word? Mursal. Mursal singular, marasil plural. What's a mursal, please? Someone tell what mursal is? No. <laughs> mursal is a messenger, sah. The one who's the one who's been sent with a message. That that's correct. That's true. <laughs> You're right. I don't want the linguistic meaning of mursal. I mean the what does mursal mean in hadith? It has nearly. That's mawquf. That's called mawquf. When it stops at the Sahabi, there's inqita, there's a break in the chain. But where is the break in the chain? Therefore, Mursal is what then? Sorry? Correct. Good. The Mursal hadith is when a tabi'i, a tabi'i, uh, is narrating from the Prophet ﷺ. He leaves out the companion completely. That's what a mursal hadith would be. A mursal narration from a person would mean that he misses out the key link that would give him that information firsthand. So the tabi'in and atba' tabi'in that are narrating this story, they are missing out the final link, but they're very sure that this is what happened to Sa'ad. So they're not missing, uh, it's not Mursal Hadith because it's not about the Prophet It's a Mursal on the story of Sa'ad. So it's a technical Mursal narration. And what's very interesting is that the Muhaqqid said, Well, Mursal, إِذَا جَاءَ مُرْسَلًا مِنْ وَجْهٍ Meaning that if you hear more than one Mursal narration, so if I say, like, if something happened to Shazad, okay, Okay, so this is, this is a good example. If something happened to Shazad, I would know about it. Because I know everything about Shazad. 
Okay? Now, Isa, he wouldn't know about everything about Shazad. He would have to go through me if he wants to know about Shazad. Make sense? If he said, this is what happened to Shazad, and you heard that from him, you would immediately question, how did you find out? Because you didn't say your dad told you. Do you understand that point? This is a Mursal narration. If this Mursal narration is made, but then Nazif makes the same statement as well about Shazad, and he didn't go through me either. Now we have two Mursal narrations which are going through different routes. And when it comes to the principles of the scholars, when it comes to ruling on the, the, uh, this point, these, these, these issues, when it comes from different routes, that strengthens the overall nature of the original Mursal narration. Does that, does that make sense? What the Muhaqqiq is trying to say is this narration is sound. So I repeat to you, Sa'ad ibn uh, Ubadah, he urinated into a hole of an animal, or into a hole, and the jinn basically killed him. And that's, that's what it says, and Allah knows best. And as I said to you, how many packs have heard stories like that? We have the master, the champion of the packs who's just come in over there. Sheikh Saab, tell me, have you heard the story back home from the pain? No? Haji Wurisab, I'm talking to you, man. No, no, seriously. You must have heard of many of stories. You know the jinn, people urinating in trees and, and places and the jinn attack them, no? In the pain, a lot of stories, huh? Oh, and only her? Yeah, yeah. From the jinn, yeah. You do realize I'm not just saying that, yeah? Because every time, when I mentioned that last week, everyone was looking at me like you're crazy. You're crazy. Somali, many places. I think all the Muslim countries have this narration, but I guess we don't obviously have that culture or whatever, so. Um, also, even I, I can remember when I read somewhere, they talk to, uh, I mean, for these students, around 2,000 people sometimes. And the winter time, they called them and they opened the, 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 the I mean, hot water and they kill sometimes children or the gym, they attack them. Because the hot water is... I mean, the sink or somewhere, yes. they put... Oh. It is very cold right. in, in Uniza. Yes. And the winter time. Yes. And the, uh, the, the students, some of them, they yep. use it for hot water. Yep. Not, uh, not working, I mean, warm. Very hot. Very, very hot water. Yes, they put somewhere, so for example. Oh, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, into they a place. Them, right, so. right, 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 right. Yeah, they say it always when you very interesting I'm hoping you all heard what Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar basically said he said that <laughs> too late now man. so he said that he heard from Sheikh Uthameen this discussion once that uh, in Arnaza which is near in Najd near Riyadh uh, when he was teaching with his students and so on uh, when it gets very very cold and people, people throw the like hot water, uh, boiling water out, you know, and it might just happen, you know, you just throw it away, it's extra or something. And as a result of that, because you don't know where you're throwing it, you've harmed someone, okay? Jinn meaning. And there was some uh, recrimination upon some children or something like that. And no one knew what happened as a result. And Sheikh Taymin was saying that when you do something like that, say Bismillah. And there's no sharing evidence for that per se. But there is a general principle out there which doesn't harm us following. And that is, is that if there's a chance that you're doing something in the wrong way, then you should not do it. We have a drain in the sewer, right? And it's very clear. So pour it down the drain in the sewer. And you have a, to you have a, a tap hole, pour it into a tap hole. And don't just be, you know, dangerous, harmful things. Don't just throw around. And I don't want to create that complete paranoia, but I'm saying that there is this understanding which is there. 
Yeah, in a place where someone would be a jinn would be feeling safe and secure. If you imagine that you know there's a there's a uh, I think you get the point. A hole in a tree or a hole a burrow it doesn't expect to be destroyed by someone being urinating in it. Do you know what I mean? So why would you go and do that? And some random place where it's freezing cold and you throw boiling water is the example that Sheikh gave. So I, I think that's a, that's a worthy point. We could continue with the next two, but I don't know. Are you saying like destroying? Just one second. Should we continue with the next two? I think it's too big to try and cover. Only 10 minutes left. We'll just do Q&A, huh? Yeah, let's just break on that and we'll do Q&A. We'll take some here. We'll take some online. Let's make sure we got all those answered and we'll do with yours first. Not, not, I don't necessarily mean destroying nature per se. What I mean is that, you know, if there was something that would be destructive and you're doing it in a certain area where you wouldn't be expecting that to happen, that might be just requiring a bismillah or requiring yani. This sounds strange. Even I'm even saying it, it sounds strange. What if I tell you that the ulama, based upon a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, when they would see a snake in the house, you actually announce to the snake, if you are jinn, leave the house. Okay? Because I'm going to kill you. Some of the ulama, they said you have to do it three times. You, like the, almost like the snake has a haqq. I don't write this down because we're not in that chapter and I'm just coming off memory and stuff, whatever. Alright? This is a detailed area. I don't want to just speak on, on my desires. I just want to indicate the point. That, and you would, it's like the haqq that snake has a hak upon you to, to, to get out, not just to be killed or whatever, if it's a jinn. So there's an understanding that you announce your intentions about before you do something that might cause harm. So I don't know. What would be a, a question here, so you guys can get your questions together. What would be a ruling for an adhan app on a phone? So first of all, the adhan app on a phone is no problem. There's, there's, there's nothing which prohibits having an adhan app on the phone per se, number one. I really dislike an adhan app and even more so an adhan ringtone and even more so a Quranic ringtone because people just cut it off straight away. And that's not what the adhan and the Quran is there for. You put it and you let it play or you don't put it at all. So an adhan app for me is a at the time of adhan, it goes beep, beep, beep. That's what it should be. That's my adhan app. Unless you will let that play out. You either let it play out or you don't uh, don't activate the full adhan. What if it goes off whilst we're in the toilet? Is the question. Okay? If it goes off, you've got to stop it, of course. You know what I'm saying? If it's in your jacket over there, yeah? <laughs> I don't know what's happening then, yeah? You know what I'm saying? Throw the toilet paper at it or something, I don't know. What if your scroll... <laughs> What if you're scrolling Twitter or Facebook whilst in the toilet? <laughs> and, the, and the name of Allah comes up in English or Arabic. That's a problem, isn't it? That's a, that's a, that's a problem. We need to, yani, you know, I'm, I'm saying, yani, stuff for Allah is what I'm saying. Yeah. What about if you're on the toilet and there's Quran playing in the house? Yeah, so so uh, if you're in the toilet and the Quran is being played in the house, I always get the Quran turned off. Why? Because it's very difficult if you know Quran to not feel, think or recite whilst you're sitting in the toilet. It's very difficult. 
Yeah, very difficult. And so you should be on a safe side. And the, there are narrations from the Salaf that they used to put stones in their mouths. Yeah? There are narrations from the Salaf that they used to put sto- stones in their mouth because they used to be really uh, into dhikr and qira'ah. And when they're in the toilet, they're still in the same thing until they put it so they don't say anything. And I think that it's okay. At the same time, if, the, if you can control yourself, there's no problem. Because that's, that's, yani, that's too much. Ever, what if you're in a public toilet in a masjid for example and everyone's reading Quran you're going to make everyone stop that's for you you know what I'm saying you have to get your own control I'm not sure if this is correct but um, you mentioned uh, for example he, uh, he used to ask someone to recite Quran when he went to the toilet because he didn't waste any time he wanted to even go to the toilet alone mm, I never heard that never heard that before Allah. interesting uh, is it hated uh, it is hated to converse whilst in the toilet. How about texting? I'm assu- <laughs> it's, 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 all, it's all coming out now. I'm, I, boom, boom. I'm assuming the hadith used is also applicable for those who make phone calls whilst in the toilet, right? Look, um, no, texting is not prohibited under this point, under this hadith, all right? Directly speaking. Texting is not speaking, right? Um, and there's no honor in it. And the real issue is speaking. The illa is speaking itself. The real issue, the illa, the reason I mean now. You know when I said illa means uh, fault? Illa also, as you know, already means the sharia reason for something. So the prohibition, the illa is actual speaking. The illa is also you dishonoring yani, uh, the words that are being said. If you are texting silently, theoretically speaking, this would not come under the prohibition of speaking. <coughs> what it would come under the hatedness or the uh, uh, problematic area is of extending your stay in the toilet. You know, a lot of people ask about reading and things like that. That's the problem with reading and so on. That's the problem with reading or listening or this or that, is that it is delaying your stay in a place where you shouldn't be delaying your stay. It keeps it like simple like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's that, yeah. Um, I've heard that the definition of the toilet is the area around the actual toilets because toilets generally they don't Yeah, we discussed that we discussed that a couple of weeks back and what, what we said is that um, the definition of a toilet is difficult. It is the area, actual area. Right, and we rule by that technically speaking so that we are able to make our dhikr when we're doing wudu at the sink. But that's the only reason. Otherwise, we rule the entire bathroom as the toilet. And therefore, when we say Bismillah, we say it when we step into the bathroom and we say Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al wal khaba'it when we walk into the bathroom and we say Ghufranik when we walk out of the bathroom. So when it comes to the dhikr of the toilet, we use the bathroom as the toilet. When it comes to the actual actions inside the bathroom, then we call the toilet just the toilet area. Otherwise, when we go over to our sinks which are clean and separate and so on, to say bismillah and then to make the dua and so on, then that becomes a problem, then we can't say anything. Now, I do, I, as I said to you and I explained this last time, and I do, and I say again, and I will say again, that it is a lot better for you to be on the safe side and uh, 
Um, some scholars even said you can even uh, delay the Bismillah, but I don't like that. But you say Bismillah and then the dua for wudu, you should say that outside the bathroom as well. And that's just a safer sight. But I, I want to say that I don't feel, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a problem to make the dhikr at the bathroom side. I don't have a problem. But it's best always to avoid khilaf. When there's differences of opinion and scholars, you should avoid it. Yes? Sister today? No? Are we done? Yeah? How do we prevent ourselves from uh, from talking to our children in the toilet when get, getting them ready for school in the morning? How do we prevent speaking to our children when they're in the toilet? I think, as I said, I think it's 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 difficult, but I think it's um, first of all, I would say that we go by the general. Um, if, if people are having difficulty We go by the, the, the easier ruling That the bathroom is safe from that You know if a person goes into the bathroom Just to brush their teeth for example Then we can just assume that the toilet Is not being applied here I'm saying as a safety gap Until you move on and, and create that discipline Where you don't get them to speak And you don't speak as well As an interim measure But yeah it's a tarbiyah thing isn't it Really Yeah Correct. Sheikh Abdul Ghafar, he gives us a uh, beneficial point and he says that you should know that the word karaha. I think we mentioned that maybe a couple of months back that makru, although it legally means something which is hated, in the Quran the word makru is nearly all the time, certainly all the way through Surah Isra. Certainly, uh, is referred. It means haram. Makruha means haram in Surah Isra. In other places, yeah, and not always, but still, and just just like just like the word, um, but this is this is a general point. But yeah, that's a, that's a beneficial point. Yeah. Kids are little, like two, three years old. They don't want to leave the bathroom door slightly open. They don't want to chat all the way. Yeah. Sit on the toilet. Yeah. I think there's some space for that. Small, very small children who can't carry on without being on the toilet, etc. And they need to be spoken to or they speak. I think there's some space for that because they're young and they're not held applicable to that kind of ruling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Yeah. Let's close on that, inshallah. I'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, we'll play the salah, but uh, I just want you to mute this one, inshallah. The salah will start in a few minutes. Um, okay, are we muted? Are we muted? Definitely? Okay, folks, listen. Um, uh, next week, are we having the thing here, yeah? Or no? You're going to put it on the screen, yeah? Yeah. Right, so next week, um, who comes from far away? Who comes from outside of Manchester? Right, okay. Because next week I will not be here to do the dars here. I'll be doing the dars live from Ottawa in Canada. So, uh, we will still have the direct link here. We'll do the Q&A here. It'll be on the screen as per normal, right? Um, but if you're coming from far, I, like I said, I, the, the local students, I prefer they attend. They keep their discipline. They keep their system. The setup will be here. The link will be here. The screen will be here. So we will have the lesson as per normal, all right? Same time, everything. But if you are coming from far away, then just watch it online. Okay, that's just next week. Back to normal the week after. All right, so next week, lessons on the hit, on, but won't be live here, inshallah.